What's up, you guys? This is your girl, Monet Divine, the Mattress Actress. And you can catch me on the Eminem and M show on FUBU Radio. Yo, what's up? This is Flex Alexander. It's your man, Carl Payne. And you're listening to the Eminem and Eminem show. Mm, okay. <laughs> Did I say too many M's? Yeah. <laughs> what's going on, world? Your man, Mr. Mac. And I'm Crystal Levin. This is the Eminem and M show, a.k.a. the... Okay. Show coming to you live and direct. You know how we do things around here. We like to spice it up, and nothing comes spicier than the <laughs> Tamale, who has decided to join us today on the show to discuss all things controversy, all things uh, sexual acceptance, all things uh, up and down, left and right, queer, straight, <laughs> the whole night. We, we're just going to dance all over the rainbow today and get your feet in it and might get up to your ankles. So make sure you wear clean socks, uh, darling. He warned you. you. Let's go. Yeah, I sure <laughs> did. Could you please state your name so people know that I'm not lying? Oh, well, I'm Mia Isabella. So nice to meet everybody. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. We we could we could get right into the uh, meat and potatoes of the spice, or we can uh, you know just kind of she's she's already grinning. She knows what the meat and potatoes of the spice is. But I, I think I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna hold off a little bit on that. Mia, why don't you why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself? We'll we'll get them into the shallow wind and then we'll wade into the deep water after that. Oh, okay. Well, in my industry, I am a multiple award winning, uh, multiple nominee for the past sixteen years, whether it's Avian, X Biz, you name it. Um, I have had a very successful award-winning website. Wait, wait, wait. Stop, stop, stop there. Golf clap. Yeah. Golf clap. We're going to golf clap that. We're going to get a golf clap today. <laughs> pro, pro, proceed. Proceed, good one. Proceed. Um, <laughs> now, we just want to get down to the nitty-gritty of it. I am one of the most world-renowned trans performers in the adult industry. We're going to stop right there. Golf clap one more time. Another golf <laughs> another round. Another round of a golf clap. Another round of a golf clap. Okay, and we're back at it. Hmm. I have so many questions, and and one of them being just because of current events and and the the world that we live in right now, is is, is what's what's your experience like these days? Do you feel mostly celebrated? Do you feel um, controversy, exclusion, judgment? Do you, do you feel any of that? Or are Has you anything changed? Or? Yeah, great question. Yeah. Um, you'll find you'll find with knowing me and getting to know me that I have never evaluated myself right personally based off of the opinions of other people, because I wouldn't be here if that was the case, right? Amen. If I believed what everybody else thought about people like me, I probably wouldn't be here today, right? Um, I would have believed that I didn't deserve to be in this space and to be in existence, but it took four billion years of evolutionary excellence, right? For me to stand before the sun, and here I am. I love this. So, I mean, regardless of someone else's opinion on me, the universe has made mistakes. And in every equation that it has made, it decided that I was necessary to be here. So for that, I'm grateful. And for knowing that and having unconditional love for myself, nothing else outside of me can mm -hmm. affect that, right? right? I know who I am. I know my power. Okay, now- I love it. Hold on, hold on. And Before we even jump in, Chris. Wait, wait. How long did it take you to get to that mindset? I would like to think that if more people in general, straight, gay, trans, whatever you consider yourself, well, all your all the pronouns, I would like to think that if more people had that mentality, more people had that attitude, more people had that disposition, we probably wouldn't be dealing with the levels of, of 
controversy, the levels of hate, the levels of uh, angst that we deal with uh, inside that community, outside of that community, my community. I, I, I would imagine that we wouldn't have so many conflicts if more people had that mentality. How long did it take you to get there? Well, you know, involving all things, it's an evolutionary process, right? Mm-hmm. As you grow older, uh, as experiences change, as you begin to develop, whether it's through you know, your childhood traumas, because everybody has them, right? We've all went through disappointments. We've all seen things in our households, uh, in our families, in our personal relationships that have brought on different levels of trauma. And as you grow, you begin to hopefully outgrow those things and defeat them, right? So in, let's say, for instance, when I was five years old, I came to the understanding of I knew who I was, right? And I told my family proudly, oh my God, I can't believe this. Can you know that I'm a girl, right? And obviously a little bit of shock, but my grandmother is a, a wicked, right? And so her thought process on a lot of things are involving different spiritual realms and that kind of thing. So she's a little bit more open-minded, right? So she, in her mind was like, wow, I have a twin spirit and child. That's a gift, right? Oh, wow. She understood what I said. She accepted that. And so because of that, I went into the world feeling empowered, right? Well, just because I felt empowered doesn't mean that the world accepted that. So as I went into the world as a young child, I got to understand just because I felt comfortable with me, right? Doesn't mean that everybody else is comfortable with me because they're not even comfortable with themselves, right? We all have our own human experiences. We all, again, go through our own personal struggles. That's what makes us humans, right? We have the same kind of existence, coexistence, but we all have our own unique story that made us who we are. Um, went out to the world in childhood, then became afraid to be myself, right? Because everywhere you go, you're told that you're not supposed to be you. Whether it's in the church that you feel the spirit and connected to divinity, and they're telling you whether you feel it or not, you're not supposed to be able to because our rules say that right. this is what these rules are, we right? Think. But the understanding that I have of divinity is that it makes no mistakes, right? and that I am loved unconditionally. Now, whether the world tries to teach me something or not, it's my job to remember who I am. It's my job to protect me. It's my job to learn to love me because when I learn to love myself, then I understand the entire existence of the universe, right? I, I understand feel like that Meg everything. and I are in class, by the way. I feel like we're just in class. So we're just gonna learn from <laughs> you. <laughs> well, I mean, as you get to know your higher self, right? As I, I think right before the pandemic happened, I had what they would call a Kundalini awakening. I came to learn what that was. And I've had other fantastical experiences in my life, right, that I couldn't explain to other people. And I think people uh, as a whole have them sometimes, whether you understand them, uh, recognize them or not, you know, you've had them. Um, We call it a paradigm shift. And whether we know how it happened or who is involved, it's, yeah, we have shifts for sure. Right. And as you grow, um, where I, like I said, I was comfortable as a child, then I was told I shouldn't be that way, shouldn't be comfortable with that. Um, I should be afraid of that. So then I was told to fear myself, right? Where were you raised, by the way? I'm just curious. In the South, in Tennessee. Uh, Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Because culturally, it's definitely different in different areas, different levels. What was shocking to me, um, I think, was that because of that world, that specific kind of environment, right? That community was 95% white people, right? That have grown up generationally with that um, particular kind of mindset, right? Mm -hmm. So it was almost as if when I looked around, it was more acceptable for me to be different and trans because my skin was light than it would have been had I been black, 
right? Now I am I am child of a black father, right? My siblings are different shades. We all come in different shades. I happen to be the lightest, right? I was given, I could see privilege and pass because of my light skin, but I thought it was because I was extraordinary because I worked so hard, right? My grandma told me that because I'm trans, I had to be extraordinary, right? I was gonna have to be really into my education, hustle harder than everyone else. Um, that was just gonna be the way that it was. If I wanted to achieve success, I was gonna have to work harder than the rest. But as I grew up in that world, I seen that I was treated differently because of just colorism, right? And even in the black community, I was treated differently because of my color as well, right? I wasn't black enough. Even though my siblings was dark, my daddy is black, my grandma was black, you know, I, because I'm light skinned, I just wasn't black enough, right? Or in the white community, because my siblings were dark skinned and I related to them, I They're grew clearly up other. Right, I wasn't white enough because I accepted my black side as well. And then you come to a point when you grow up where you just start falling into yourself and figuring out who you are and you make mistakes and you grow up and you become an adult and then you try to find yourself again. I was lucky that when I came into my career um, that I was celebrated for my differences physically, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't because of my intelligence. It wasn't because I went to school in Paris. It wasn't because I opened a boutique on Michigan Avenue when I was you know, a teenager, 19 years old and probably the first trans that had done that, right? It wasn't because of those excellent things. Right. It was because of my physical appearance, right? And they celebrated that. And uh, people spent a lot of money. I've made a great career out of it, right? Just I'm, because of the physical. I am so curious how, how you ended up, because we've talked to several you know, adult stars on this show. Um, and I'm always just curious how, because some naysayers, judgy, whatever, randoms, a lot of us were raised thinking that Porn is like a last step. It's like, or, um, <laughs> or it's it's like a poor can't I can't win at something else. So like, uh, I default to using my body or something. And I know it's not that, but it's like a lot of us are definitely taught because of the Bible Belt, because of you know okay. conservative mindsets that it's yeah. right. How did, I you, mean, and I think how did you decide to go that accident. route? It was okay. an accident. Right. I mean, I finished school early so that I could uh, graduate early at 16 so that I could go into the pre-nursing program and I could do all those things. I was going to be a doctor. Right. Okay. And um, I was going to school. I was, you know, going working at the Horizon Corporation. A great job. Right. 18 years old. Great job. Insurance benefits, all that kind of stuff. My own place. Doing my thing. And then I remember learning like at that time there was no bathroom etiquette. Right. So. Um, I had to demand uh, a safe space to use the restroom because it wasn't the women that had a problem with me being in the women's restroom. It was apparently the men that had a problem with me being in the women's restroom, right? The women were my, the women were my friends, right? We eat lunch together, we go outside, smoke our cigarettes together, we're telling stories, we gossip, we hang out afterward. It was the men who apparently had a problem with the fact that I was comfortable enough to be myself and to be in that world that didn't fit for them. I remember looking around and saying, fuck these people, they don't pay me enough for this shit, you know? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and I wrote a letter to the president of Verizon at the time, and they actually did accommodate and make a uh, gender neutral bathroom. That was many, many years ago. But I left that you. world. Yeah. I, I realized at that point that I wasn't going to be able to transition in the way that I would want to transition, right? Um, and see what I envisioned myself to become, trying to be a normal person. I'm trying to play by the normal person rules. And I'd always... Been a great student and uh, 
straight edge when it came to that kind of stuff. And then one day I just was like, I want to try something new. And I remember making a joke with my grandmother at like a holiday dinner or something. I was like, I'm going to be a porn star. I'm going to do, do some movies or something. My grandma just laughed at me like, girl, you ain't doing none of that. Take your ass to work. Take your ass to school, you know. And uh, I had posted, made profiles on like different dating sites or whatever. And oddly enough, in like a week's time, I became one of the most top three search girls on this dating site. And there was like a list and ranking of top 10 people. And I became one of the top three girls, right? Someone had reached out to me and asked me if I'd be interested in making movies, coming to California. You know, they could teach me the industry and represent me and that kind of thing. Um, I took a chance. I was tired of that job and trying to be normal. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go out there and do it. And I took my best friend. We went to Huntington Beach and we kind of learned a little bit about the game and the industry and then came back home like, okay, we learned enough. Let me sit back for a minute and absorb everything. I came back a few months later and I was cast to be in a movie. Ended up starring in this particular movie. And it was like the day after I turned 19 years old. And uh, I did the scene. I remember when the cameras came, I was a little bit nervous and shy. I'd never done anything like that before. And I just remember being surrounded in the, the set kind of atmosphere. And I felt safe, right? I felt like I could be anything. I could be a character on this mansion. I'm dressed up with like thigh high boots and everything is about me, right? I turned yeah. into that character. And uh, I enjoyed it, right? They were celebrating my body, whereas I was always taught to be ashamed of my body, right? right? To be ashamed that I'm trans, to be ashamed that I'm different. And I hear everyone goes like, you're a star. This is amazing. This is the most incredible thing ever. And then I ended up on this DVD and it was like a global phenomenon in a matter of a few months and I'm getting invited by executives in Hong Kong to come to Hong Kong and I'm being invited to Paris. And, you know, people are just willing to lavish me with just any and everything that a princess could ever want, you know? And my career, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, do you mind me asking? I, not to, to bring it up, we can talk about it also, the Chappelle special, okay. but there was, a part, there was a part of it when he said that he was able to ask all the questions that the uncomfortable questions that we often right. don't get to ask. So I just want to ask, um, at what point, and are you, like, I don't know even the term, pre-op? Are you still, do you equipment, still like, all, you? I still have my yeah, original. Yeah. I've added things and, you know. Did you say I still things. have my original? So I have my original piece, my original that, part. That so, is, that I, is hilarious. <laughs> said my if original. I was, if I was, no, 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 it's just, it's the phrasing. I still have my original. Had I been drinking water, I probably would have just spit that all over the place. That was, okay, that was, that was a brand new one on me. Please, please only, continue the story though. I've yeah, only yeah. added, I have not taken away. Right. And pre-op almost in, implies that you're gonna, but so it's, that was never. I mean, when I was young, before I came in the industry and became celebrated for that, absolutely. I wanted nothing to do with it. I wanted to remove it, just be a normal girl, you know, just move on with my life. Mm -hmm. But I ended up in this different, like I said, this shift. Mm -hmm. And it changed also my consciousness and my acceptance of myself and my celebration of my body and being I felt almost like godlike, like I am something that no, that not many people are. And to me, that was like, this is amazing, right? I'm rare. Uh, and all the billions of people that exist on this planet, I am something that I'm not like this. And I like that, right? And I became comfortable with it. And I enjoyed it, right? I wasn't, I was no longer ashamed of any part of myself, right? Mm -hmm. um, I will say I'm lucky to have the kind of father that I have because as a black man who's gone through his experiences, 
his level of empathy, right? Because of the things that he's seen with his eyes, he never wanted me to ever see, right? To ever experience. My father spent a lot of time of his life in prison, right? And whatever that journey entails for men, I'll never know, you know? And that has to be heartbreaking because just like the military, these men come back with PTSD. These men come back with all kinds of perspectives that aren't the real reality of the world, but what they saw kind of breaks their humanity, right? right. But it never happened to him because his focus was always, I'm gonna make sure that my child never knows those, those pains. I'm gonna make sure that my child loves them. So I wanna make sure that my child knows that in all of the cosmos, I've been waiting for you, right? No matter what nobody else says. See, I think I, I think where this is, where this is taking a, a rather unique spin, I think that I, I want people to hone in on is a lot of times when we hear the stories behind not only just uh, trans people that we speak to, but also adult entertainers that we speak to nine times out of 10. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's too high. Maybe seven out of 10 times we hear that the uh, the person on camera, they have like this abuse story. They have a story of like, not being uh, accepted. No, no, not that. Not that. Oh. A lot, nor, regular, family, everyday, of- common people have stories of not being accepted. I've got those. Right. Like we, we've well, all I got mean, those. Right. But when I'm, when, I, when I'm speaking on specifically is there are tales of sexual abuse. There are tales of emotional abuse. There are tales of uh, beatings, drag, all kinds of just like penis. But don't we all go through that? Doesn't that collectively as a human experience, like everybody has their own story where somebody hurts them? Right. Well, they say it's well, not your fault, but healing is your responsibility. We're drifting over. Not necessarily, um, I'm not speaking on the kind of hurt that, that people shake off. I'm, I'm talking about the kind that most folks need therapy for. And what I'm getting at is you seem to be almost the polar opposite based on just what we've heard so far. You come from a in, inside the house was there was, was like an over an yeah there was an overwhelming nurturing environment created to allow you to flourish and become whatever it was you were going to be whether they knew what that was or not you don't share the story of cuz a lot of the default that you hear is well they were abused that's why they're that way well they, this happened to them and that's why they're that way and there's like right. some some point of trauma that people point at and go or they love themselves in spite of all the shit that happened to them they wouldn't be that way if their father had beat them three times a day seven days a week you know with with the cattle prod for no reason see again again that kind of experience has nothing to do with what you end up becoming right that is kind of common in a lot of people's households right Uh, Mm -hmm. in the black community for instance what i experienced growing up around my family Ass whoopings were common. And those ass whoopings sometimes went well beyond normal discipline, right? And that was common and normal. And so uh, not just a porn star, I think a lot of people have experiences where they dealt with, you know, uh, whether it was verbal or emotional or neglect or feeling abandoned. Uh, I think that's just a human experience that a lot of us have. I don't think 90% of people that live had great childhoods. I just don't believe that. I think a lot of us pretend we do. I think a lot of us would like to show that. I think a a great childhood is a relative term. Great compared to who? Like I think a lot of us, a lot of us beef about things that we went through as children because you're comparing yourself to the version of childhood that you either thought you should have had 
Right. So on, so could have had based on based on television, based on what you might have seen outside looking at somebody yeah. else's family. But a lot of the things that we label abusive behavior, I, and I'm not taking it away, but I'm like you, an ass whooping was pretty common in the house. It's bet, and no one in my house. Let me say this, in case my mother's watching. <laughs> No one in my house ever got an ass whooping they didn't know was coming. Pass. Which which I think is key. Any ass whooping we ever got in the crib, oh, there was notice. You you knew exactly why it was showing up. This ass whooping didn't fall out of the sky. It wasn't because she had a bad day. It wasn't because she had a bad day. It's because no, you no, no. that that might have <laughs> that might have sped it along. Her her bad right. her bad day might have sped it along, but you knew exactly why you got your ass whooped. That wasn't a secret. Right. So, I, you know, I think I think a lot of us compare ourselves to other people and we imagine their life wasn't like that. Mine should have been more like theirs. Mine wasn't. Therefore, I was abused. Uh, and, that's- and I'm entitled to all the things that come with abuse. Now, if you can if you can if you can handle your scandal, as my dad used to say, you know, if, <laughs> if, if you can take what's coming, you know, were you abused or was this just discipline? Like if you learned a lesson and walked away and never did it again, then it kind of worked. But if if you're getting beat for breathing, okay, that's abuse. Absolutely, 100%. Right. But let's not speak as if you didn't curse out your mom, give it a middle finger. She gave you the sideways look, pulled the belt off and let you have it. Then you run around telling everybody you were abused. Like, right. nah, oh. you just got a mother who don't play that shit. To bring it back to bring it back to you, Mia. Um, I was actually just gonna say, with the stories that you're telling about, you know, your grandmother and, and your father trying to, you know, protect you from some of his experience um, and al- allow you to have a great a great childhood. My sister considered, still allowed to say sister, but trans non-binary. My sister is yes. ma- married to a woman, and the whole family is totally like they came your out sibling. as. No, no, sister. She allow they allow. Oh, you can um, see, you can still okay. The gotcha. familial ones, daughter and sister, they allow, but it's still they. They allow, so it's uh, it's gotcha. difficult. I mean, it's difficult see, to remember. I have, I see. I haven't even gotten into all of that yet. The face stuff. It's frustrating, and I love them. So, right. And I love, I love her. I love them. Like it's you respect a person. Like respect is free. Right. 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 And and it being difficult for me is fine. Me not trying is not okay. Like that's it. That's it. And then when people are like, "Oh, it's just annoying," it's like there was a time that um, anything that we consider there was a time that black people weren't considered a whole human, and now we look at that like that's ridiculous. There was a time that women couldn't vote or have jobs. Like that was ridiculous. And it's I'm glad we're over it. And there's gonna be a time that trends or pronoun discussions are like, why do we even have a problem with that? I hope. Why do we care? Like to have that much, yeah. to put that much effort in caring that's, that much. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. In, you're putting more effort in your own personal feelings and ego. About I don't care where anyone goes to the bathroom. Nothing to do with you. <laughs> right. No, it has I, nothing to do with you. Right? I, I, I fall on that side of the line. I, I'm, I'm way too indifferent to humans in general. <laughs> I, to, I, I am. <laughs> I, I, I don't care. Simple stuff like that, right? Yeah, like, whatever you want. Like that, I don't care. I don't no, care. whatever. What, dude? Whatever you want. I was walking up the whatever block you want. with with right. with my, with a with a lady, and my hair was blowing in the breeze, and somebody screams out, 
I love your hair. And I turn around and I go, thank you, sir. And she goes, I'm a girl, like angrily. And I go, my apologies, ma'am. Thank you very much, sis. And just that fast, they slid up. And done. Thank you, darling. And I I, I stand corrected. (laughs) I I didn't even break stride. Like, I I never even stopped my pace. It took me all of two seconds. If I was going to acknowledge one, it took me no time to acknowledge the other. Right. The the girl I was with gets upset because she feels as if uh, this person was making a mockery of her by doing her best woman impression. She felt offended that this person was trying to be a woman. But how does she know that person wasn't a woman? There's a lot of ugly bitches. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Let's be real. You know what Drops I mean? Like, <laughs> just drop a lot of ugly everything, right? <laughs> to be I beautiful let- and considered beautiful is a rarity. It's a small percentage, right? The average human being isn't considered aesthetically beautiful, right? As a concept that we've come up with, we've conjured, we've visualized, and, and it's sold. It's used to sold products, right? Mm-hmm. Some products. Right, right. But the average person that exists on this planet isn't considered inherently beautiful as far as marketable standards are concerned. So how does that person even know that wasn't a girl? She don't know she don't have a pussy. With, with, with the hormone <laughs> issue. My, my whole thing was like, yo, if you want to go back there I know some... Knock yourself Six women out. with mustaches. So yeah. what we talking about? Well, dude, <laughs> mustache wax is a thing in plenty of the relationships I've been in. Ladies have had to dip off to the bathroom and get a little upset because it starts getting a little dark up top. Okay. <laughs> I, my whole thing to her was like, yo, if you want to go back there and be, feel free. But if you really think that's a dude who's unstable, I would I would advise against it because I'm not I'm I not would fighting. too, right? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not so, going back there to fight. I like this hoodie. It's my favorite hoodie. I'm not going back there to fight. An- my another question I have is... I had a, a friend, she was a Russian friend with a really low voice, and she said this joke that, um, you know, construction workers were hitting on her and saying some real crass stuff. And so she turned around and she goes, how do you know I always was a woman? And right. she said it, you know, a real low voice. And I was like, we thought, oh, that's clever. That's great. That's whatever. Like, I bet they were embarrassed. And then I was like, well, if they think that you might have might be trans, they might kick your ass. Like, you might have just put yourself in danger. So a lot of people are, their ego is so fragile that if they are accidentally attracted to a trans person, right. they are angry. How have you experienced That's their that? Personal business, though, do, like but do you? But they. But it can put you in danger because well, they, all, a lot of people do get hurt or killed for. I don't let people hit on me. Period. Because when I go out in public, I'm not here for you, right? I'm here for whatever venue. I'm whether it's a five star restaurant or an event. I'm there to enjoy myself. I'm not there to meet nobody. Right. There is a whole universe of people that are specifically trans attractive. Right. I've had a 16 year career. I've lived very well. All of those 16 years. Right. Somebody paid those bills. Understand that. Right. Somebody spent that money to have 39,000 revolving members on a platform. That's enough to fill a damn stadium. Is it not? Could I not have a rock and roll concert with that many people if I sell tickets to? I get paid off of that every single day. So there's a big audience of people right. that are trans attractive, right? I've met a lot of men who have, uh, you know, and I think this is a problem that women have to face every single day, not just trans people in general, where a man comes up to you and finds you attractive and asks for your number, right? In some instances, those men get violent with women that don't want to give them their mm-hmm. number, right? They become harassers, they become aggressive. 
they become agitated. They feel you have now triggered their small ego and they feel the right to assault a woman, right? Mm -hmm. This is a problem that men are having, that men amongst themselves need to handle it between themselves, right? There needs to come a standard amongst men to remind men that your place is at the top of this patriarchy, right? Because you are meant to be a protector, right? You're not meant to be a woman. You are meant to be a protector of this planet, of this tribe. That is your job, right? That is your job. That's what masculinity is about. That's for me, I haven't lost that part of my masculinity. I am a protector in my family. I am a provider. I am stable. I am someone that someone can come to in their times of need. And that part of my masculinity, I still identify with, right? That's nothing to do with my 10 inch cock. You know what I mean? If, if the dick swinging competition is out there, I'm gonna win most of the time. So let's not even go there. I'm not ashamed of my masculinity, just like I'm not ashamed of my femininity. We all have both, mm-hmm. right? And your body pumps female hormones as well as testosterone in right. all bodies. Well, we would you all die without both. We when you are conceived, <laughs> you are born, you're conceived as a woman and it's decided and then you become a man, whether that hormone hits you at, in that conception. But we're all born of a woman and start out as women. Right. What's the problem? I'm Why are I people scared of femininity? What makes you so afraid of a woman? A feminine body. Well, it's not even just trans people. This is an issue that men are having. This isn't a trans issue. This isn't a woman issue. This is a man issue, right? Right. And now, they just had an incident where everybody watched this woman get raped on a train. I just saw saw it. And they video recorded it. And not one man saw that shit happen and didn't think to bust his motherfucking head. Now, come on now. That's sick. You're, when you're that becomes the, uh, a normal, watch out. You got bigger issues to find yourself concerned with than trans women. This, right? this is, it's so funny that you, you're bringing this up before we switch over to the uh, yes. Dave Chappelle thing, because I want to cover that. It's really wild that you're bringing this up because this literally came up in the interview Chris and I just did a second ago. Mm-hmm. When we were speaking about men who uh, crossed just the line. Just because they're attracted to you, yeah. Yeah, my line, my line in, during the interview was just... To, to the fellas, just because you find a woman attractive doesn't give you the right to disrespect her. You don't have the right to treat her bad because she's sexually attractive to you. You find you don't have the right to her body. Right. You don't which have is, the right to her body. Which is the other part. You're not entitled to treat her any you're kind of way just shit. because you're attracted to her. That's not how that works. Right. Whether you feel that your role is the is the protector, your role as the man, your your role as the alpha, all of that, all well and good. That power, if you feel that you can then take that power and use it on a woman in that way, then you have to understand that your power has corrupted you. You are mm-hmm. corrupt. You are drunk off of You are life. corrupt. You're, and you have one, and it's not it's not being drunk, it's being corrupt. You are now corrupt. And what I say to women when they when we get into the conversations and I say things like, Hey, listen, when you're going home, hit me up, make sure you let me know that you got in the head in the head in the house safe, but do me a favor, get off your phone, walk with your head up. Look around. Right. What I get hit back is don't teach women how to walk. Teach men how not to rape. And I fire back because I understand that because I 100 percent agree with that. It should be that way. But of course, men should be policing themselves and each other. But because women can't police men, which which brings me which brings me right back around to why I'm pointing out that I want you to be safe, because those men that you're asking me to police are already bad. They're, 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 if, if it's, if it's 50, 50, there've been, there've been occasions where I know men, me, myself personally, to put myself in it, 
there are things that I used to say and do that were inappropriate. You know better, you do better. I learned it. Women find this creepy. Women find this aggressive. Women think that this isn't cool. I knocked it off. You didn't have to convince me. All I needed to hear was, we don't like that. Cool. No problem. I don't care about the ones who do like it. I'm just going to play the odds here. I'm not doing that anymore because I heard it's not a good look and I'm taking their word for it. They told me what doesn't make them comfortable. The guys like us, we hear stuff, we take it into account. The dudes who are doing the other stuff that we're thinking, we're talking about, they know that they're degenerate animals. They're not, they're not, it's not like if you, they see a billboard and goes, don't hit women. Oh, don't hit women. Oh, okay. Oh, I never would have guessed it. Oh, the billboard. Okay, honey, upsy daisy. That's not how that works. Those right. dudes are screwing. They see a woman alone in an alley. They're yeah. They're not yeah, going to listen. You're, you're mistaking a man for a predator. This is not a man. I don't consider these dudes men. This is not a man. If you right. if this is what you do to women, He's a for no other reason because you can. That's not a man to me. Like we can right. we can put him under the jail. We can bury him upside down six feet someplace. But that's right. not a man. He's not a man. Right. I don't want to be lumped in with him. I, you, exactly. you need the police men. The men I'm around don't need policing. This is not a man. This dude needs to be. He needs to be. He's a weak little boy. Like, that, no, yeah. this is something else. We he need to euthanize. This is no. This is not. This is an animal. We need to euthanize this thing and put this down. This is a danger to society. We just need to get rid of this. They don't, they don't and and yet again, this. these these same men are in all of our communities. They are, in our, they are in our churches, they are in our community facilities, they are in the sports, recreation facilities with your sons. They're right. everywhere. They mm-hmm. look like the normal person that you would respect and wave in your gated community. Hi, Bob. You know, that's the person. And you're looking at other people, yeah. trans people, black people, just basing a fear off of imagery that's been perpetuated over time. But the reality is the person you should be afraid of is the ones who feel comfortable, like you said, doing things that they know are depraved to hurt, to submit people. It doesn't matter who it is. Nobody has the right to bully someone. Power doesn't give you that right. Power gives you a responsibility to protect. And you have 100%. One one second, my pool guy's gonna ring the doorbell. Let me stop. Oh, Lord have mercy. Pool boy, are we about to see a show? (laughs) (laughs) This is is the glamor of... Mia Isabella, there's a pool guy about to ring the bell. Yeah, but the pool guy, that really sounds like the beginning of, you know, like the only scripted part of the porn. Wait, it's my pool guy. Like, that's how we about to see a live taping. I'm definitely not interested in my house staff. You know, I'm not interested. Okay, fair enough. You've actually actually helped us bring this right around to where we need need it to be. You mentioned bullying and et cetera, et cetera. There are tons of people right now who see Dave Chappelle after his last special. They see him in that light. They see him as a a, a bully, a, a borderline, like, no, not borderline, transphobic. He's getting all, he's getting hit with all the... It's not his first time, though. He knew, what he, he knew what he was doing when True. he made the decision. Because he knew he would come with the backlash, and I'm pretty sure, and I hadn't watched the special, right? But I remember the last time he had a special, it was the same similar kind of backlash. And I was actually asked to do like a, a happy birthday, Dave, you know, anniversary of his career, kind of little video thing. And um, I didn't understand what the big deal was because I hadn't watched it, right? And um, then I watched it, right? And I was like, I thought some of the parts were funny. Just like, I mean, I feel like if, 
he was making fun of a black man, right? Because that's his experience, right? Some of the jokes a black man would find funny. And then some like, you know you took it too motherfucking far. But you Dave Chappelle, so I'm gonna let you slap, right? Um, he knew what he was doing. He knew the backlash he'd received. And I'm pretty sure that's probably why he decided to do it. Because it caused such a global sensational phenomenon. And it probably made the numbers shoot through the roof. I'm gonna be honest, anything that's trans-related seems to cause a fucking whirlwind. No matter what the spin of it is, you throw a trans person in an article and put it out there in any way, shape, or form, it's gonna cause a fuss. Right. Hence my dating life, you know, <laughs> in the past, you know? Um, anything that you throw TS on top of, doesn't matter if it's through your relationship, it doesn't matter if you almost married this person. As soon as they hear the TS, attached to something, it's a fucking big, huge deal. Crystal right? was today years old when she, when I told her what TS stood for. <laughs> um, in my silly little brain, I just heard that Tiesto was performing last next week at a certain club. How and I funny. Thought it was like something about Tiesto. I was like, Ties? Tiesto? And then I was like, Tess? Like, and I'm in the bodybuilding world, so like, testosterone? I was like, wait, <laughs> what? I was so lost. <laughs> she was today years old. She was like, T.S., what do you mean T.S.? I was like, just, just, just wait. <laughs> and another part, when I looked at your page, it wasn't necessarily immediately obvious to me, which is a good thing. It's like, whatever, I, you're a beautiful woman and right. you present as such. It looks like a fun life. Um, with <laughs> fashion and fashion and videos and sex appeal and all that stuff, right? And I went to get my nails done and I was thinking, I was like going to ask you, how much of your life is content creation? How much is upkeep? How much is... Wait, wait, wait. Before we do that, I want—I don't want her to lose the Dave Chappelle point that she was on. She was on a... Oh, okay. The, yeah, let's, let's oh, let yeah. me get Bring that me out. Bring me back yes. around one more time. Yes. You, were, you were speaking, you said he knew he was going to do that. You, he knew, you knew he, the anything, anything trans, anything trans. He knew he was doing and he knew my, it would cause a sensational uproar. Isn't that what you want in entertainment? Whether it's good or bad, I'm trying to sell a product, right? Whether it's a show, uh, something physical, if you want to sell something and you want them to fly off the damn show, well, you want to cause a little bit of a scandal. So I think it was a bit of a marketing point because it seems a bit cliche now. Like you've already done it. You've already done the trend thing. You've already had the scandal. You've done this before. It seems a little marketable to me. Okay, let me, let also, me, let me push back on that. Just want, as somebody who watched the last special, his, his reasoning behind revisiting any of this stuff in this current special was to answer the questions that had been posed to him because of the special you saw. And one right. of his main things was, uh, one of his one of the main things I think he cleared up was he doesn't hate the trans community. He's actually jealous of the amount of progress they've been able to make as compared to black people, which, uh -huh. which is really why I want your insight because as a black woman, with, with black parents who's a member of the trans community. I really want your insight on this. One joke he, he said was, um, he was talking about when he almost got into a fight with uh, a gay a gay man in, in Texas, a big gay white guy, and the gay white guy says to him, I'll call the police. And he was like, and that is the crux of the issue I have because as black people, we know that calling the police, it's cool to be gay, it's cool to be trans because you still get to be white. If trans was a black issue, no one would care, but because white men wanna do it, now it's a bigger deal. And the second you decide to stop being trans, you get to go back and be white and call the cops on me 
a black man and but black people know that we don't do that. Right, but that wasn't a black, or that wasn't a trans person. Right. That was a, that was a white man. Now, don't quote you, me, don't quote me. I might be fucking the joke okay, up. Don't, but if don't that quote. was the case, let's just say that that was the case, right? Mm-hmm. Where you started that off was, he was a white man right. in America. Right. right. Talking to a black man, right? Right. From Texas. Mm-hmm. So the amount of entitlement and generational right. ideals that have been passed well, on in that I specific can, community, it would, like I said, it wouldn't matter if I was uh, gay, uh, a fucking zebra, none of that. As long as I wasn't black, so I kind of get what he's saying. Where right. I grew up in Tennessee, it was more acceptable that I was different and it was okay with because I wasn't black. Now, had I been dark-skinned black woman in Tennessee, that was trans. I don't think my experience would be the same, right? Right. I do recognize that my color gives me privilege, right? right. Um, when I walk around my gated community where every house is a million plus, and I'm walking by pit bulls, all I get is, howdy, you know? Nobody feels threatened by me. Nobody's bothering me because I don't. Be- I only believe that there are two classes, right? And that is the haves and the have-nots, right? Now, I believe that your personal perspective, especially as a black man, right? Dave Chappelle as a black man, having that experience, it had to feel emasculated, right? It had to feel a little heartbreaking, a little disheartening that even though I'm this big fucking celebrity, this wealthy black man in America, this powerful celebrity and influence, Mm -hmm. a white man can walk up to me, right? And tell me, I don't like you in my space, right? And have you removed. Now take that same feeling and apply that to a trans person who's just trying to not be bothered, who is not trying to cause a fuss, who's just trying to exist in a space, mind their business, and understand that they're in danger merely by fucking existing. Mm-hmm. Like she said, just because I'm alive and a man wants to come up to me and hit on me, and I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'm a trans woman, not interested in, in that kind of thing, but thank you. Just even telling a person that, even though they say, you should tell someone right away, right? Well, how do I owe you anything about my personal business if I don't plan on fucking you? Just because you came up to me and said hello, I gotta tell you I gotta do it. I don't owe you shit. <laughs> Oh, you a motherfucking thing. When I, when I cut that $50,000 tax check the other day to the IRS, they didn't ask me was I trans. They didn't ask me was I black. They didn't ask me nothing but to pay Money. that motherfucking yeah. bill. Right? So I'm paying, let's talk about the class. It's the haves and the have-nots, right? Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it doesn't really matter in my mind what color you are, right? If you can afford to live in Bel Air in a $10 million home, whether they like black people or not, baby, you are in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And ain't nobody gonna bother you because you're a resident. You belong to that class and that club of the elite. Money passes a lot of those things, right? Let's be realistic. Well, and and there's a there was something about the um what was it? It was the it was a police. It was a veteran or a police that was off duty and he was hemmed up and almost shot because he was at the fact that he has power. He's in the class of power over people the fact that he was had darker skin none of his credentials or power mattered because of the color of his skin and right. so like so imagine you're not in your bel-air community you're just driving and somebody accuses you of stealing that nice car that you have 
because right. of the color of your skin. It doesn't matter if you have the right. money Lamborghini, if you're driving it and they don't believe you because you're black. So it does like have or have not. I think the black still matters. I, think I agree with you. And, and, and if you didn't grow up rich, you still have the experience of being poor or below average, whatever. Like before you were powerful and had to have, you just had the experience of being pressed down. Right. Constantly. So whether you have it or not. I, I agree with you kind of on that point too. Mm -hmm. I believe that that money does take away a lot of hurdles, right? Uh, I believe that celebrity does take away a lot of hurdles, right? But as you said, Dave Chappelle went to that feeling that had to have been emasculated. It had to have been, it had to have made him feel small. And that's when, see, I've talked to people about the special. I just haven't watched it because right. I've met a lot of powerful, famous people in my life. I've sat at dinner tables with them. I've gone to places where I'm a welcome to the table, right? And I've experienced uh, what it's like to to be around people on a human level because I'm not going to celebrate if I'm not a fan, right? If I'm not a fan of your whatever it is that you do, to me, you're just a regular motherfucker, you know? It's cool that you have that success and I love that for you, right? But mm -hmm. if I sit down next to you, I'm not going to be like, oh my God, let me bother you because you're someone better than me. You're just another human being that happened to have had some level of success, right? And I'm going to treat you as another human being. Right. Uh, when I done a lot of interviews, like before I even interviewed with Howard Stern, right? They asked me to do the interview for years, but they wanted me to show them tell you. I was like, I'm really smart. Like, you want to bring me out? Bring me out to talk about some real shit. Let's touch on some real stuff because we could really get down to business. Mm -hmm. But eventually I gave in because I knew in order to give the message, I had to do whatever it took to get into that space, right? You got to put the medicine in the ice space. cream. Right, to stand before him and then tell him what I really thought about his ass. That's what I decided to do. And I went in, because I had made the mistake of watching an old interview about him. And he had a lot of things that were negative to say about trans people as well. And I thought, well, I'm gonna get up there on that show and let his ass have it. Oh, fuck who you are, right? And uh, when I got there, the energy, I could feel the vibe, right? And I could feel the, it wasn't what I thought it was, right? Mm. And there was a moment that as him and I were interacting and speaking together, it was just a human experience. And mm -hmm. I was like, I want to just tell you, like, I think it's really dope to see that you've evolved as a human, as you have had these ideas and you chose to change your perspective, right? You healed whatever was trauma triggering that made you believe right. in those things or react that way. It's not our, what was the thing we said? Your trauma is not your fault. But it right. is your responsibility to heal yourself, right? That's right. your job. What, right. what do you always say? Fix that. Please. Oh, me? Always, Get yeah. that fixed. Get that fixed. There we go. <laughs> right. Yeah. My, what I think I learned a lot from like T.S. Madison, for instance, who's really vocal and she's vocal in the, the black space. So she says things that are normal in the black households, black communities, right? And her perspective is like, she feels more shunned by the black community themselves, right? Mm -hmm. She feels more, the trans community is more shunned by not the white people and not the other communities, but by black people because of the way we are brought up uh, to be homophobic in our yeah. churches, right? Nice. Remembering that that really wasn't our original religions, right? Let's be frank and honest, like we were spiritualists, right? We called upon the ancestors, we had, Nature, uh, nature magic. We called upon, you know, the spirits of different things. Like that was the religion that those kind of tribes and 
and people believed in before they were indoctrinated with this other belief system, right? But this belief system is homophobic, right? This belief, this belief system is everything phobic. You know? the, term, like, the term toxic masculinity comes to mind. It's like you're taught that you're not man, unless you're not manly unless you hate all these other things, unless you like fear differences if you i mean but you here's have to, like, the thing here's the luxury it that down, like have. you said punch down that's what but here's the luxury that men have and this is really what they operate by and i think women don't understand this because <laughs> of the space they come from right i can say that on my mental space my psyche my psyche right i i understand my masculinity and my femininity um and because of that i can look at things from a bit different perspective when i'm on hormone therapy for instance i'm really in tune with my mothering self right my feminine self, my estrogen, it's all about nurturing, warming, nesting, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my masculinity, I think, again, is based around being a protector, being a provider, being stable, being the things that, like I looked at my father as. I remember being in Tennessee and, and when I realized what racism was, right? And I remember how those particular people, when they said the word, you know, how much hate and venom. It wasn't the word, right? Because in our community, the word's used all the time, right? It's used as a a, a, a hello, you know what I mean? A, a communal word. Mm-hmm. But when you use that word with that kind of venom mm-hmm. and that hate, um, I, that's when I began to understand it. And it was like I was being taught to hate the very part of myself or the very man that I looked up to as a superhero, right? Mm. I looked at my dad as my gladiator, right? He would do anything to protect me. You thought you're gonna do something, let my dad be around. And, mm. and it will be one of those, either you go or him, right? Because that's how he looks at his, how he's gonna protect his, no matter what nobody thinks about it. And it was like I was being indoctrinated to hate that side of myself, right? To be ashamed that my father's black to be ashamed that my siblings are dark-skinned. And then in the Black community, they have colorism, right? I'm not Black enough, right? To have these conversations about the Black community yet. Right. I'm so you don't represent us or something, no. How, how don't I? When I'm laying next to my big old Black grandma, I'm laying up next to her titty, snuggled up reading the book, and she's reading me, the, reading me the Bible, and she loves me, and she cooked me corn bread and everything else in between. How am I have the same experience, right? Yeah, no, that's that's just us being, that's that's our own issue. We got to get past that. That's super corny. So with having that kind of what Black people have gone through, I think it's a little disheartening as a trans person of color, right? That, and oftentimes, it's the Black community that's harming trans women, mm-hmm. right? And at the same time, these are these people's lovers most of the time. Mm-hmm. Understand that, that these people are getting close to them. Are their lovers in some way, form or fashion, right? And they're killing them. So what's being taught to these men and, and their self is telling them, I'm attracted to this, right? I like this, I'm into her. Like, I want that, so I'm pursuing it, right? But God forbid anyone find out, you know, I'm less of a human being. I'm lesser than what they right, look at ego, them as, right? Ego, embarrassment, shame is, I was saying this the other day, I said, um, in reference to a personal relationship I have, and I was saying, this guy, he he reverts to anger, but I, I think it's really because like embarrassment, worry, 
fear, all these things. The only one that a lot of men are told are allowed to share or show is anger. So like when you're scared, beat someone up. If you're embarrassed, beat them up. They'll forget about it. If you're sad, you know, toughen up, get that fixed, right? And but see, I'm not saying it's not I, their fault. I'm saying that it's no, like no, it's, it's and, I get, and I get that. They're taught that. They're taught that amongst themselves within their own communal circles, right? They're taught that within their own because being a man is a specific group of like they have their own ideas. It's a culture, yeah. They have their own ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Period. Uh, lots of times, like I said, men believe. I feel from my perspective and experience is you do what I say, not what I do, right? So they're going to write all these rules and all these laws and, and all these things. But that doesn't mean they're following them. Most of the time, these men that are writing these laws against trans people are getting caught with trans people. Yeah, they're getting caught with a gay boy in the office. The Catholic Church is like, "Don't be gay," but all the priests are. Oh no, we don't have to go that far. Elliot Spitzer wrote a whole bunch of anti-prostitution laws only to get busted with prostitute after prostitute after prostitute after. He loved the life. He loved the life. He was. And just that fast, my alarm goes off. This is disgusting because we have completely and totally run out of time. I'm so pissed about this. Um, we get into some good stuff. Mia, I want to make you a deal. Yes. Go ahead. Go watch the Dave Chappelle special and let's revisit I'll this entire. And go, go watch it and let's do this exact same interview this same time next week again. Let's do the exact same one. I'm going to run this one, but I, I want to get. I need. You are officially Part baptized. Two. I sprinkle you with Eminem and M show goodness. <laughs> you are now an official friend of the show. You You're are welcome definitely. to come back here whenever you want. But I really, really specifically, because so much of our audience, our audience specifically, Chris and I, because they're open and because they're open-minded and because we see all sides, because we talk all things sex and all things acceptance, et cetera, et cetera, and relationship-wise, <laughs> We want, I want to... And all saw the show. So and, and, Yeah, but also, <laughs> I want to extend you an open invite to come here because we oh, can yeah. learn this way. And a lot of us don't have access to someone as unique as yourself. We don't have the information. There's no one to talk to. You try to talk to somebody, you're worried about offending them. You don't talk to somebody, you might make a mistake and say the wrong thing. So same time I next week. Bring your fabulous hair, fabulous outfit. Get some more champagne, whatever you need. I'm going to pour some champagne next time. Yeah, tell the pool boy to chill out so he doesn't (laughs) interrupt the groove. And let's let's bring it back here. I'm celibate. I'm a you're celibate. I'm okay on that, okay? And we we didn't even get into that. She she told on herself because I didn't say what she was doing with the pool boy. I just didn't want to bring in the doorbell again. See, that that was all you. (laughs) Whatever floats your boat or finds your lost remote, I have, (laughs) I got nothing on that. And so this time next week, Right back at it again. Have my publicist contact me with the details and I'll be here. Done deal. Say less. I'm not even going to talk myself out of this. This is a great idea. I just had. (laughs) We're going to do it again. In the meantime, in between time, I'm your man, Mr. Mech. And I'm Crystal Levin. This has been the Eminem and M show, a.k.a. the. Okay. So may you live as long as you want and never want as long as you live. Do us all a favor. Go get laid. Peace. Yo, what up? This is Flex Alexander. It's your man, man, Carl Payne. And you're listening to the M and M and M. Show. Okay. Mm-hmm.